Yep. Welcome Trim. to Free Fall RC Podcast. You need to stop singing? Yes. All right. I haven't um, stopped yet. No, it's uh, records good. Are we all good to start? Yeah. Yes. I'm recording. Yes. Good to me so far. <clears throat> all right. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. Andy. Hey, now. And George. What? Why do they always laugh? When they give George, they just, they, somebody always laughs. It's like there's some. I'm always um, laughing at Andy. No, we're there's, laughing at Andy. Yes. There's a gremlin. <laughs> Making me paranoid. But hello, Earthlings. <laughs> You're hurting George's feelings. I'm you laugh sorry, at George. me every week. It does. <laughs> Make fun of me. <laughs> All right, this is episode two thirty, safety dance. All right, where's the song? Where is it? Where is it? I don't hear it. Play it, man. What do you want it on on cue, dude? I don't have it on cue. Ah, kind of damn producer are you? I gotta get ready. What is that? Hitler yelling at people. You have the Hitler thing. Is that the same clip that they do, like where they uh, yeah, subtitle? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. You know, if coronavirus he came out in about thirty nine or so when he was giving those speeches, it would have been over with. Wouldn't be any problems. Just saying. Okay. <laughs> George wasn't going to talk about any of this stuff going on. Well, it did. All right, so let's catch up with everyone's week. Who'd like to go first? I can go first because it was really <laughs> short. Well, sort of. I'll go first. Get it out of the way. Uh, we simmed Friday night, mm-hmm. which was indeed a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. I took a screenshot of the names that showed up in Discord, but my phone is over there on the other side of the room. So I don't know. Andy, do you remember who was there? I'll, I'll leave it for you. Uh Let's go through it right now. All right. I, know I remember Sam Gray Eagle Jr. There. showed up again. Gray Eagle Jr. Yep. Gray Eagle, he was actually Sam really Larson. funny this time with his one-liners. He was mm-hmm. funny as hell, man. Sam Larson, as you said. John Partridge. John, yep. Steve Shaw, of course. Mm-hmm. Yep. Was Chuck on there? Chuck came in at the end, didn't he? Yeah. I think so, right? Yeah. Yeah, Chuck Bowl was on, but. I don't remember ever hearing him say anything. Yeah. I think towards the end he said something. Yeah. Yeah, it's already gone by then. Sorry, Chuck. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting someone, but yeah. like an idiot, I didn't write it down this week. So if I forgot your name, feel free to send a message and yell at me. Yeah, definitely. Yell at Andy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get yelled at enough. Yell at him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yeah, send the hate mail to me. So the good news is, uh, I think next week we might have, or this upcoming week, we might have Mike D show up. Uh-huh. Yeah, the no, place. he got us ready, right? The, Maybe the even George. Maybe George. even George. Because oh. oh, everybody's yeah. like, where's George? Yeah. They're like, I really want to hear him. on. <laughs> so, yeah. Me too. And you know when he shows up, people are going to be like, shut up, George. <laughs> no, I'm like it. It's like, George doesn't see him. You know, like, Charlie doesn't surf. It's kind of like, I need to start, though. I really do. 
it sounds like you guys have a great time. It's been fun, man, and it's been uh-huh. not a chore, you know, to sim. Not that when it becomes a chore, I just don't do it. But uh, it's been it's been cool, man. I've been flying and enjoying flying and talking at the same time and just chilling out. It's been cool, it really has. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun, and uh, then I uh, drove my tank around. I took some video of it. I took a bunch uh-huh. of video. I was going to cut together a little film, feature film. Makes uh, you smile, yeah, man. Huh? But it's it's yeah, it's it's a, it's a it's a lot of fun. It's it's really cool. Uh, and I got my motors in for my R2 project, which are E100 scooter motors. And they're like the size of a, I don't know, can of soda, maybe like half the, like if you cut it in half. And uh, okay. I, w- I was like, at first I was like, you know, I don't know how these are going to work, but uh, man, it, this project just, I I am just uh, in awe of the the time and effort that this guy put into breaking up these 3d files, man. And the tolerances are literally amazing that, uh, that this guy put this together and put it out there for free, man. It's just, I say it a lot cause it's, it's just amazing, man. Really cool. So I don't know. I've been slowly working on that. I haven't really, uh, done much else. I got some, uh, parts in for my oxy four, which I was missing some tail blades so I got a bunch of different tail blades in and uh, had some 3D printer failures this week, too. Oh, no. I was trying to print nylon with my one CR-10, and it wasn't having it. And then I think I, I cross-threaded something, the, the, the nozzle. So that I got to redo that. And then my other one was my other one, one of the tension belts, one of the rollers that is 3D printed that encapsulates a uh, bearing that actually 3d printed part was breaking up into chunks recently as the roller was moving back and forth it's for one of the axis and uh dude it was just still printing away but it just shifted like the the layers over a little bit but i was amazed at like that it was still trying to print man still trying to do its thing and the prints weren't actually coming out too bad uh until one point and i was like all right screw it so i i put in a one that i had already printed out you know, previously just in case kind of thing, some spare okay. parts, and then printed out a really good set. So, uh, dude, that's it. I'm uh, and I'm slowly building uh, another Prusa clone. I got, I got, um, I got steppers. I got the rods. I'm waiting on some of the little items like the rollers, and uh, I have another power supply. I'll probably have to get an Arduino and a, and a board and a heated bed, and I think I already have a frame. So nice. I might have another one going soon. And that'll make how many? Let's see. Three, and Steve gave me one that's four. This will be a fifth one. Oh, yeah. They multiply, <laughs> dude. They really do. No, seriously. Yeah. The one that Steve gave me was an expensive one, you know, a couple of years ago. I Actually, I think if you can still buy it, it's it's kind of expensive. Ultimaker, too. Oh, the Ultimaker? Yeah. I did mm-hmm. get that going. I had to print. Uh, another filament guide for the back of it. I think I mentioned it before, uh, but yeah. I did get that going. But the prints, it's it's quick. I think if I, I, I really didn't want to take the time to mess with it. I think if I did mess with it, I could get the prints to come out better and better. But right. uh, if I need something structurally, I throw it in that, dude. It's done in like almost half the time as a regular printer. Like it, it's like lightning. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. 
Hey, real quick, your motors for the R2. What are you using? Like some sort of gear reduction motor, or you're going to have a gearbox, or direct drive, or how's that all working? It's a belted drive system. It's like a dual belt, uh, okay. just just two belts going around in the same orientation. Mm-hmm. And it is somewhat reduced, but I'm sure it's going to be you know it's going to be on a speed controller. Yeah. Because they moved out, I just hooked them up to like fourteen volts and their twenty-four volt motors. Um, mm-hmm. And they, yeah, dude, they moved out. I was like, wow, it's pretty quick. And they're all the, the belts are all printed with the Ninja Flex, and the the tires are printed Ninja Flex. The only thing I'm having problems printing is that nylon, and I might try P P T G, uh, but mm-hmm. I printed out what I was supposed to print out, which was the motor holder itself. I printed it out with some tough PLA that that like. PLA plus stuff, and that seemed to work okay. It was, uh, it's all it's got to do is hold the motor in place, um, and it's big. It's like surrounds the motor. So I'll go with that for now. I mean, the cool thing about this is, and most of it bolts together. It doesn't really glue together. So the cool thing oh, is, so you, you know, swap it out. Yeah, if, if something does fail, yeah, I can print out some nice. replacement. Nice. Yeah. Cool. So that's all I've been doing. What have you guys been up to? Um, I could go next. I simmed on Friday. That was fun. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I know, dude. We got slammed with the TFR again. I know. The TFR starting again this summer. I was yes. all set to go to the field. I thought he like sold his house in Jersey. I thought like he wasn't coming up here anymore. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Okay. Just, it sucked. I wanted to get some flights in. I know. Me too. But oh it's well. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, what about uh, the rest of you guys? Uh, me? I simmed on Friday night. That was fun, mm-hmm. like you guys said. And I actually flew this week. I did three flights on the Oxy4 Max Sunday morning early before I had to do work. And then I got a gasser flight this evening before we started recording. Nice, oh, nice. man. Yeah. So four flights this week. Didn't do anything else. Didn't work on the Excel Power. Didn't start on the Oxy 5. But I'm almost caught up with planting this season, so should be able to get on that stuff in the next week or two. Nice, dude. Yep. Week or two. Yep. So when Maybe. I come back from vacation, that Oxy mm-hmm. 5 is going to be started? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I got to put this XL power back together first, get it out of the way. Okay. Now, the sim Friday night was a lot of fun. Yeah. It's really fun just BSing with you guys. Yeah. Doing a little yeah. bit of simming, but mainly just hanging out. Uh-huh. And, dude, I don't know about you guys, but like I said, I feel like it's it's getting like it's into my subconscious just by by talking and doing the motions, you know? It's like I'm not even thinking about stuff now. I'm just doing it. Yeah. Which is cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I was enjoying it. I noticed that, like, um, I don't know. I've always, like, had, like, collective issues because I just, like, bash the stick up or down in the sim for some reason. And I just don't get a real sense of, like, reality on how, like, fast helicopters go up and down and stuff in the sim. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of, like, working on some stationary rolls and flips and stuff and it started like kind of locking in a little bit more and more so yeah, i was awesome. happy with that 
Yeah. Cool. Yeah. What about you, George? How was, uh, you went away for a little bit, right? For the weekend? Yes. Yeah. I went back down to Dalton to do some work on this uh, project where we're making these 3d plugs and then making fiberglass models mm-hmm. out of them. Nice. And it was kind of our first, uh, first test run and to say it was successful would be an understatement it's unbelievable how well it's going to work and nice. um, instead of instead of having to shave these things out of foam like mm-hmm. they've done for years and then just work on the detail you know there's so many 3d files out there already of most of these aircraft that mm-hmm. we just buy them you know yeah. and um, while I was down there too, I, I got to work with uh, a couple of guys, a couple of the what they call the Dalton crew, and um, Russ and Evan, and um, learned a tremendous amount about um, object formats and STLs and why to use this one and why not to use that one and okay. the different information that's stored in them. And it was just very helpful. Showed me a ton of short shortcut keys and mouse maneuvers that's making um moving around and say like mesh mixer and stuff like that a lot easier but it was a really good weekend we if we weren't actually hands-on working on a helicopter we were in uh in in 3d software of some sorts nice working on it so it was a lot of fun and and uh and learned a whole lot we we actually uh, were able to glue one that's been printed all together about i guess about six and a half feet long and then seal it with some really good uh primer that's got a catalyst that seals it and and then you wouldn't believe one good heavy coat and almost all actually it was more of the alignment of the parts that was off more than any stepping or anything like that in the um in the 3d filament lines so i was really really tickled I know Daryl was too. It, it just uh, turned out much better than we ever expected. Going to probably cut months off a process of building a, a scratch model, a large scale one. That's amazing, oh, man. Mm-hmm. However, the nose, I'm printing a Sea King right now, which is a really big um, helicopter, not cargo heavy lift helicopter. It's what Marine One is. And it's just amazing how big it is on that printer. I mean, it's it's like for the whole nose section, I did it like, I don't know, about 400 millimeters high. And um, it's going to take almost five days. Wow. Damn, dude. Five days. Yeah. yeah. That's, the, that's the biggest piece. That's awesome, man. You're going to need like three of those printers, George. <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to take you a month to just to get something printed out yeah but still that's way faster than the, the foam deal really when when i saw the first one of those foam plugs i'm like are you serious that looks like something you'd pull behind a, a ski boat and ride on <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, is it just that that you know no detail just a big blob yeah and uh i, I just can't believe that those guys back in the day and still yet today are carving them down like that the true true modelers nice yeah but um came back had a great trip down and back and uh printer's been running ever since like i said what i learned down there and in, in some of the 3d software the, the fusion 360 
mesh mixer and even things that you can do and cure out of it. No, uh, have it just helped me tremendously. Great bunch of guys, just like every other part of the hobby. You know, mm-hmm. these guys may not fly as much as a lot of people do, but you know, when they when they do, they're flying something super super cool, and uh, everybody's holding their breath, hoping they don't crash it. Nice. But um, that and just uh, been finishing up a big project at work, and uh, it's uh, it's been good. But um, I'm glad it's coming to an end. And uh, go got got a lot of excavating done around here. I told you all, I think a few weeks back, that we were starting to cut the top of the mountain off and move it around and do some field work and make us a nice place up on top of the hill. But um, got all of it filled in to the left of the hangar if you're looking at the door and all of it behind there i got another 20 feet back there i could extend the, the building now and uh nice. put, put me a septic tank and fill lines in this time awesome yeah dude. yeah I had a good week over there well just trying to make it more um camper and uh flyer friendly kind of a mini, you know a, a microscopic i wouldn't say a mini but a microscopic triple tree it's getting all set up yeah for the big we have a good time yeah nice but that's uh, that's my week all right okay let's move it on to the main topic here then what do we right. got to talk about huh uh, i don't know what are we talking about safety yeah well i thought we were talking about dancing oh dancing I don't talk really, about safety. You talk about dancing. I don't know how to dance. I know how to. Yeah, I don't know. I thought you were, That's about I thought it. You were, I thought you were going to play the song. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so let's let's talk about this. So it looks like uh, we have it broken up into three categories. Talk about some bench wrenching best practices, uh, flying, and protecting yourself, and flying and protecting others. So let's go with the first category, bench and bench wrenching. First thing, first bullet point we have here is don't be stupid. Number think one before rule. you act. Don't be stupid. <laughs> yes. So, yes. I mean, think about what you're doing, right? Like, I don't know. If you're drilling into a block and you have the block in your hand, I mean, yeah. do I need to say any more? Like, <laughs> th- think about things when you, you know, do stuff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I think... I don't know anyone that's not been guilty of doing something stupid. Uh, sure. Get yeah. hurt, you know, cutting yourself or doing this or doing that. But yeah. if you just slow down just a millisecond and think about stuff as you're doing it, you'll that's cut it. down on your injuries tremendously. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or not even just injuries, but also like mistakes that like mess up your helicopter build yeah, or, true. you know, or your airplane build or something, right? Like, you know, gluing yourself to your balls or something, you know, like, and you yep. put your hand up and you're like, oh, crap, I just ripped the ring off, you know? So, yep. yeah. Or I've gluing seen so many, your nose. I've seen so many times people, you know, getting in a hurry and mm-hmm. just, um, they, you, you know, when you do, like you said, when you get in a hurry, you make mistakes, then they get mad and that compounds the problem. Yep. Yeah. And that's when you really end up doing some crazy stuff and, and getting hurt. It's right. best best just to you know if you get aggravated with it just walk away from it for a few minutes calm take down yeah. all right take a breath exactly mm-hmm. and be 
you know, we'll talk about all kinds of safety, but um, I, I just think about, you know, you talk about tearing the ring off, but uh, one time I used to be a Harley Davis mechanic and there was a guy helping us one day at the shop and he wasn't used to, you know, wrenching, but he was working on his own motorcycle and he was changing out a battery. You know where this is going. Ooh, yeah. So he did, he shorted the, the wrench mm-hmm. on the frame with his, between his uh, wedding band and the battery post. Oh, and man. it, um, you know, immediately just cauterized to his finger. And I ended up taking a set of side cutters and cutting it off about an eighth of an inch at a time, yeah. pulling it and the skin off his finger oh. while, while he cried. And it was, uh, it was a gross and, and just, you know, he was in horrible agony because that thing just immediately turned cherry red and fused to his oh, skin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But thank goodness he didn't jerk back. Yeah. Or cut his finger. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My, cut his finger off but, but i yeah. never wear a ring yeah for that reason mm-hmm. it's dangerous i was wet when i was married i didn't wear a wedding band because just too many chances for injury with what i do mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> yeah so think before you act i think i mean that kind of says it all um all right let's see what we have here next uh, I'm a big proponent of setting up some type of uh, safety switch, yes. whether it be a throttle cut, a throttle lock, depending mm-hmm. on your setup. Yes, and I not like just for helis. Yes, this is for planes. I always do it for planes and helis. Yes, for both. I want to have to engage or disengage two different switches before anything can happen. Right. And actually, with my jetty, I have a locking safety switch, so it's impossible mm-hmm. to bump it on. Yep, yep. Um, but with Spectrum, you can set up a throttle cut and put it on a separate switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Mikado, you can set up a safety like yep. lockout switch. Yep. I think most systems, you can have a, some sort of a, a backup, even if it's just a throttle cut. Right, yeah. And if it doesn't, like, you should be able to program one in, right? Like, if it doesn't have a B- default, like, throttle cut or throttle hold mode, you should be able to set a, a channel to reduce your throttle. to the, Yeah, you know, I would think low so. Zero. Like, yeah. on planes, you, you've got your throttle stick. So, but that's where I also use the throttle cut. So, mm-hmm. even if the stick gets bumped up, bumped, yeah, the motor's not going to turn on unless the throttle cut is also deactivated yes that yeah. makes sense mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think it's a, a general rule in anything that has the propeller or blades mm-hmm. that can spin and cut you you want to set up a throttle cut yeah yeah, yeah. yep and that kind of moves us to remove the blades or props mm-hmm. or disengage a motor wire yes I would say absolutely, no doubt, do this if you're doing a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. However, if you just need to adjust one thing or if you want to do something with the heli and you need to check your yeah, right, keep or the, something. Right, keep the blades keep on. Keep the blades yeah. on. Uh-huh. That, that's where the the safety switch is all that much more important. Yeah. It's and, and this is, I think, let's. I, I do want to kind of point out this is when you use your main flight pack and your BEC that's built in. If you're right. using a receiver pack or an external BEC and you can isolate the mm-hmm. main pack from the helicopter, then that's fine, right? Because nothing's going to spool up. But yeah, you just don't want to by mistake spool up. And you know, we've heard we've heard and seen many stories and 
and the aftermath of, of something spinning up, you know? Yep. So. Prop strikes. Mm-hmm. I know I've had that happen to me, but it was Line my own shoot across the room. dumb fault. Uh, mm-hmm. Have you guys had that happen to you? Have I had a, a plane I've had power a plane. up on me. Yeah. Uh, I bumped a stick. I first got my Edge 540, and it's got a 12S set up, this big giant tuna can motor. Wow. And I was sitting in the floor in front of it, didn't take the prop off because I'm stupid, and was dicking around in the radio and reversed the throttle channel. Oh, Lord. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. needless to say, my throttle cut switch didn't do anything. Nope. So, there it powered up. I was able to like smack the prop with my left hand and keep it from like just jumping straight into me. And it broke, I broke the wooden prop basically. It was like mm-hmm. a, uh, shit, I don't know what size it was. 16. Yeah. It's gotta be pretty big. No, yeah. like a 19 inch wooden yeah. prop. Jeez. And, uh, so I got a cut on my hand and it, it went into my leg, cut it a little bit, bruised it, but it wasn't bad enough to need stitches or anything like that. But I caught it almost immediately before it really got full powered. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I basically stopped the prop with my hand and broke it before it. Like if it powered up fully, full speed, I mean, oh, you and you yeah. cut my hand off. But, oh yeah. Um, that I've I've got another one on down the list here, but keep the stuff pointed away from you. I think yeah. that's a thing if i'd yeah. been set behind it you know it might have yeah. been a wall or something but it wouldn't have actually hurt me so that's another thing with with planes especially when you're working on them don't be sitting in front of the prop uh-huh. in remember what them. happened to a buddy of ours jeff with that p38 standing in front of him like that and i forget oh, what yeah. happened whether he, he stumbled it. or something i mean it ate his happened. shins up he mm-hmm. scarred for life and he uh-huh. just sliced him Jeez. There was yeah. an old guy in the club down here that I don't even think he's around anymore or in the club. Uh, he's missing the tip of his nose because he was sitting, sitting in front of a plane and powered it up. It went wow. into his face, chopped his nose off. Yeah, I remember you telling that story. Yeah, yeah. Like a quarter to the tip of his nose. Jeez. That's crazy. Wow. So anyway... Keep the damn thing pointed away from you is a, probably a good practice. Or anybody else. And if you're yes. doing a lot, like I said, take the prop off. Yeah. The blades. I would say but, if you're doing anything then but adjusting, you know, if, if you're doing something mechanical and you can unplug the battery, yeah, but if it's something in the radio that you're doing and messing with, definitely take the blades off. Because I had the exact same thing happen to me with a helicopter, like your story, Andy. I reversed <laughs> the throttle channel like an idiot. And uh, it was in my spectrum, and that thing came shooting up off the ground. Yeah. Same exact thing, man. Yeah. And I yeah, slaughtered I it mean, and destroyed it. it, it. But, as uh, soon as you do it, you know, oh, I fucked up. Yeah. But it's too late, you know. Yeah. yeah. I was just, I was moving around channel assignments or something, trying to get, I don't know, something like fly. I don't know what I was doing. Trying to, you know, it was a new plane. I was just dicking around with it. Right. And for some reason, I I think I unassigned the channel or I reversed it or I changed it to a different switch maybe or something. Like mm-hmm. took it off the, the throttle stick and put it on a switch. It might have been turned the other way. You know, just just a dumb mistake. 
Yeah. Because uh-huh. yep. back That's then, all it takes. Don't be stupid. Yeah. Yep. Or think about what you're doing, like you said. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the next uh, bullet point we have is, um, you know, know your equipment, right? Yeah. Like, know what you're doing. Like, study your equipment, study your radio. I would also, I, I know you put radio. I also put fly bars to units, too. Because mm-hmm. with um, a lot of radios that, you know, not like the V-bar, but like a lot of radios where you're using a radio and a separate fly bars unit, you know, there is some communication between it. So if you switch channels and stuff, can, you know, mess things up. Or if you switch a setting in the actual fly bars unit, like say hooked up to a laptop and it's powered up, it can do definitely some damage too. Yeah, that's true. That's a good so. point. And know your equipment. I mean, that's kind of back to the know how to set up a safety switch and know mm-hmm. how to not reverse your <laughs> throttle or do something dumb like I yeah. did. And sounds like Kevin did. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and probably 90 I'm sure. of us. So <laughs> yeah. And also, you know, with chargers too, make sure you, you know, if you're charging some other type of battery other than a lipo or something, make sure you always got everything hooked up right. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good point. Well, yeah, we should probably do a whole uh, talk about the whole show on charging. Well, I mean, in the safety part, yeah. In here. Um, one other thing that I like to do is if I'm using the flat pack, I'm going to do something. I don't plug the connector all the way up. I just barely plug it together. Yes, um, and that way, if you you can just reach, grab it with one hand and unplug it super fast. Right. Yeah, that's a good tip. Okay. Because I've, I've heard of people, you know, power up a heli or something, and you grab the head and you can hold it. Right. But then all of a sudden, you can't get the battery unplugged with one hand. So mm-hmm. you just sit there till the ESC catches on fire and, you know. <laughs> Hopefully <it's>, not. <laughs> it's either you jump out of the way and let it chew through your ceiling. Eat itself. Or, yeah, yeah, eat itself. Or you wait till something overamps or overheats or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you just barely push your connector just so it makes contact, you can yeah, take one ever hand seat. and jerk it apart. Yeah. Right. Yeah, most connectors you'll get like a, a clip or an indent that mm-hmm. like clicks in. So just not, don't push it in that yeah, far. Just, just push it in bit. a little bit. I mean, if you're just yeah. doing settings or something, you're not going to be pulling any amperage through there. So Yes, exactly. Just, just barely need to make contact. Yeah. yeah. And the EC5 is awful for sticking like that. Yeah. If they're pushed, if they're pushed all the way in real tight. It's yeah. hard to pull it out sometimes, yeah. I guess the next bullet point is if you're um, helping someone, mm-hmm. right? You're helping someone or helping a friend or trying to troubleshoot an issue maybe someone might be having with their helicopter or an airplane. Working on anything that's not yours. That's stuff. not yours, yes. Not familiar with. You need yes. to be extra, extra cautious in that scenario because you don't know how their setup is. It could have uh-huh. something weird. And this is especially for if you're helping out a new guy or something, he may not yes. have set correctly or this or yes. that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you can have an unexpected surprise. Remember when we've seen that happen to injuries. Yeah. 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 Um, like having 23 degrees of pitch. <laughs> <laughs> well that really wasn't yeah uh, so what, how unsafe that was <laughs> yeah uh, one thing i would recommend and this is something that i do before i like uh, if i'm helping someone right you know to ask for help 
Um, it's not equipment I'm familiar with. Like I was helping, I think Sam out with um, FR Sky. He flies mm-hmm. a helicopter with FR Sky and, and Icon. And I was like, well, before we even power up the heli, like show me your switch layout. Tell me what everything does. Like, let me kind of learn this radio before I actually even power the helicopter to see if the setup is correct. You know, um, go through some of the settings. Go look at the throttle and everything, and like make sure you see like a throttle cut. Where you know your monitor says your throttle channel is under zero, negative. You know, um, just so you you know, just take that extra step precaution. Yes, you know, it, this guy's asking for help, and now you're asking him a bunch of questions. But at the end of the day, it can save you know injury and also the helicopter or whatever you know, or right. just also not only that, like people can get. Um, discouraged right like oh yeah, man i sure. can't, I mean, I can't you, get this shit set up this doesn't work and now yeah. this happened you know so yeah and then of course i mean it still reverts back to if you take the blades off that mm-hmm. eliminates 99 percent of any yes tail blades too yeah, yeah tail blades tail blades definitely i yep, see a lot yeah, of people that take the mains off whip around and smack you in the head super fast you can you blink yep yep yep, yep. So, no, steve that's a good point so, you know, step back and learn about the radio if it's unfamiliar to. Yeah, I mean, Definitely. what's the worst going to happen? Yeah, you ask a couple of questions and you delay the troubleshooting, but at least you know this is what I'm, I'm working with now, right? So Yeah, yeah. And, and their answer might be, what's a throttle cut? Right, right. right. What's right. throttle hold? Okay, right. well, <laughs> let me explain, you know, you might could yeah. help them out, save them from a problem down the road. For sure, yes. Yep. Uh, cool. All right. And then you mentioned just keeping the props pointed away from you, especially an airplane, um, especially airplane with wheels, <laughs> you know, like it yes. can roll right at you, you know? Right. Yep. Yeah. I would say either secured in a, like in a stand or something mm-hmm. or pointed away. Um, I mean, I've seen guys stake it down with a big, you know, stake or. Yeah, what do you guys think about those? I feel those are weird. Like when people stake, like it's like a U thing that they stake in the ground and they put the back of the tail on the for the airplane, and they'll still throw like an airplane stand, go full throttle and everything. No, I was talking about they stick something into the ground and then just put a rope around it. Yeah, you can do that too. What's weird about it, Steve? I don't know. I'm just worried that like it's gonna pull the stake out. I don't know. I I know that the club I belong to up in up in Goshen did not was not uh, fond of you, you staking anything into the ground. Like, they wanted you to stand behind it if you were revving the motor up. Right. Well, I, so what those are made for is starting the plane. Oh, the okay. gas, you know, giant-scale airplane. Okay. Because that'll keep, if you start it and you say you got accidentally got quarter throttle or something, it's going to jump at you. Mm. That's not made to stand there and rev it up. You're supposed to be standing standing in front of the elevator right you know and holding the fuselage between your legs if you're going to actually power it up they either staking it with uh, a rope tied around it or a strap or the the u things like you're talking about Mm -hmm. the way i understand that's for starting it because these big giant planes you can't there's i mean there's no good way to start it and hold it from jumping at you if the throttle was to be up or something. Mm-hmm. Like well, that a hot makes start. sense. Yeah. If somebody's doing that and then standing in front of it and revving it up, then 
they're not super smart. Yeah, and I think that's the whole thought process behind standing in front of the elevator because you're not then in any way going to get hit by the, the model right. itself. Yeah, exactly. It would have to pull itself in half before it went anywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, what about, just to kind of continue on that yeah. topic of uh, props and stuff, um, what about being in front of the prop? When it's spinning, obviously, like I guess when you're starting, I guess to be, you know, you have to do that with a starter. But more of like um, when you're in line with the prop, where like if the prop broke, it can potentially spin and like hit you. You know what I mean? Like if you're next to the prop, not in front of it, not behind it, but like if you're okay, in line next yeah. to it, beside it, yeah. Uh, I don't know. What I mean, do you I feel guess about I could. that. It's really really seen one break like that. Yeah. But. Yeah, I was going to say there's more possibility of you getting definitely getting hit in front of it. There's more mm-hmm. danger that way. I, d- I did see a, an old guy had um, uh, what do we call it? Was starter plane starter bench thingies? Yeah, a plane bench. Yeah, yeah. and he had some kind of old nitro plane, and he's re- he's going like rear 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 revving it up. Well, he went rear and then went down. And the prop just shot off, went about 30 feet out in the field. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I guess he didn't have the nut tightened down. And when he was yeah. falling up, like the nut spun itself off. Jeez. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's pretty scary because if you was walk, I mean, it was a small prop plane, you know, like a 40 size nitro or something. Right. It okay. would still suck to get hit in the head with that. Yeah, with yeah. a 12 inch prop or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's going to hurt. Like, geez. Of course, I mean, I've this had- guy did, didn't look like. You know, looked like he was about 112 years old. So I don't know. <laughs> I've had these B 17s break a, a prop blade off and shoot it completely through the fuselage. And that, that much foam is, I'd say, tougher than my arm or well, skiing well, around my There temple. you go. So I guess it could. Damn. Yeah. Don't stand in line of it, I suppose. I yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's always that props wanting to get away, you know, it's wanting to go forward. Sure. But, you know, if you're close enough to it, when it initially snaps off and you're standing beside of it or even a little bit to the front of it. Yeah. Right. I was going to say, that's kind of the same thing with the helicopter tail blades. Uh-huh. If you're yes. diagnosing something weird with the tail, you really don't want it pointed straight at you. It's better if it's kind of 20 degrees to the left or the right. So if uh-huh. it does fling a blade off, it's not going to stab you in the eye. Come at you, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a good point, Steve, George. Yeah. Um, uh, mm-hmm. You want to touch on chargers real quick? It's yeah. on the list here, but George brought up a good point about uh, know your battery type, the size of your battery, and how yes. your charger in your settings. Yes. And if you don't know, ask someone. Find out. Because... Mm-hmm. That's a really good way to burn your house down. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And don't don't use four or five adapters trying to get something to work. You know. Yeah, be very cautious with the leads and mm-hmm. be co- cognizant of shorts. I know a guy that had a house fire. Uh, he put some batteries on the charge in his basement, and he went upstairs, and a cat jumped up on the, the oh, tape no. charger. Okay shorted out some Dean's connectors that were 
I guess it was using one of those like multi adapters. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like a squid things. Yeah, and it had exposed Dean's connector that was, you know, the male end, and they shorted out and, and started set his basement on fire. Damn! Wow. So be very aware of exposed anything that could contact and short out. I would say. And same way, I, I, you know, I've heard of several people setting their houses on fire by charging a lipo with a nickel metal hydride charger or something like that. And that's yeah. all bad news. Yes, I was going to bring that up. Check your yes. settings. Make sure it's lipo. Yeah, make sure your chemistry is proper. Uh, make sure your voltage is proper. Like, don't charge a regular lipo in like a high voltage lipo setting or anything like that. You know, that'd be bad news too. Just don't. Just- Leave it unattended. You know? That's what yeah. I was going to say. Exactly. Don't leave a battery that's being charged. You know, it's, it's, the general rule I use is if you leave it unattended, then you're okay with that, that building and it's in going on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. And everything in it. And everything in it, of course, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Another thing with the chargers, too, I, I make sure that your connection is tight, like, good, you know, like, that it doesn't, especially the balance leads. I feel like the balance leads, especially yeah, when you that, get these cheap extensions. Yeah. You know? That's yeah. a really good point you brought up, Steve. And I always forget about that because I use a Rev Electrics and mm-hmm. it'll raise all kinds of hell if it doesn't yeah. see all the cells don't match up and stuff. Mm-hmm. But some chargers aren't like that. Some chargers, you can charge a battery and two, one or two of the cells on the balance plug not be connected. It doesn't know any difference. It doesn't care. It'll still charge the battery. And it might be fine 50 times, but then you might have a one time where a cell goes low or something, and Uh and then it overcharges some of the other cells. Yeah. Not a true balance charge. Yeah. I mean, it's also some. I think also some people, they hook up the balance leads, but they just do like a fast charge. I don't know if that would make a difference either. Um, an unbalanced charge. Uh, well, some some chargers actually monitor even if it doesn't balance. Right. I think the iChargers do that. Yeah. I'm sure the Rev Electrics do as well. But there's a lot of, uh, I don't know, less expensive chargers that don't yeah. have as many safety. Um, B6. Safety. Uh, I don't know, measures in place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Uh, All right. And then uh, the last thing we had listed here um, for the bench stuff was learn from your mistakes. You know, we all make mistakes in life, and that's, you know, that's fine. Making a mistake isn't a problem. I think it's, you know, when you don't learn from it and you make the same mistake over and over again, that becomes a problem, you know? Yeah. Yep. So. I would say learn from your mistakes and learn from others' mistakes. Mm, yes. Learn from them as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one to learn from others' <laughs> others' mistakes. But uh, definitely if you, you got to learn from your mistakes, like uh, when it's when it's violent like that and you replace you, you reverse the throttle, Man, you're gonna learn from you. Don't that. forget that, right? No, yeah, you don't forget that <laughs> for sure. I mean, f- flipping your ailerons—that's something I've done three times at mm-hmm. least, and 
was told after the first time that I would do it again, and I never thought I would do it again. <laughs> You're like, no way, I'm not that stupid. That's what I said to him. I said, no, I'll never do that again. <laughs> I think I've done it. Did it two more times. Uh, yeah. My favorite story about that is I did it with it. I did it with a model that only had two servos. It was it was uh, <laughs> ailerons and elevator, and I still did it. How the frig does that happen? Uh, that's funny. I didn't check it. I didn't check it before I flew yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So let's now move it on to uh, flying and protecting yourself. Yeah. I kind of broke this. The flying part, I kind of broke into two categories, mm-hmm. protecting yourself and protecting others. Cause I feel like it's a little bit different and that's probably only because I fly by myself all the time. Okay. So what I do here by myself and what I have to be aware of and cognizant of is not the same as it is with a crowd of people around. Right. Like while I try not to, I kind of have an imaginary flight line if something goes haywire and it goes behind me, I just turn around and now I'm flying that way. Right. right. You know, I don't have to worry about hitting anyone. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so flying and protecting yourself, know your equipment, you know, check stuff, check your ailerons, check your, your links on your, your heli, your servo horns, make sure the mm-hmm. screw's not out. Yes. Pre-flight. Yeah. Just pre-flight. Just, know all your stuff and i don't pre-flight like every time but i'll glance at it yeah usually first flight of the day i'll like on that helicopter i'll kind of check everything make sure it was good and then maybe a couple flights after i might check again but yeah just yeah no if you can catch something before you take off and it flies all the hell and goes careening off in some weird direction you're ahead of the game if you can find it before that happens you Mm -hmm. know a loose link that's about to pop off a, a tail control rod that's coming unglued or, you know, just anything like that, that could cause a loss of control. Yeah. Yeah. And to add to that, dude, when you're in the air, if something doesn't seem right and I've ignored plenty of these land and check it out. Like, yeah. That's a good point too. I've flown helicopters and I'm like, well, that doesn't sound right. Ah, I'll just keep flying it. And yeah, let's like, fly it out. Like an idiot. <laughs> 30 seconds later, it explodes. Yeah, or yeah, or I plow it in because of it. Yeah, or land, or just just trying to land it. You know, I hit yeah. throttle hold, and you land, and then you get you tip over because it was something yeah. stupid. But definitely, if, if, if it doesn't sound right, definitely land it and check it out. Yeah. Absolutely. That's one thing I've learned from my own mistakes. Nice. Uh, let's see. Uh, distance. Right. Yeah. Distance is your friend, as you as you wrote here. Yeah. Don't don't fly so damn close. You know, keep maintain a safe distance, and that's going to be different for each aircraft. You know, if you're flying a uh, a Nano S two, you're obviously going to keep that way closer than a seven hundred. Right. Or a. Uh-huh. 100 cc giant plane or a flight test foamy where if it hits you in the head it's not even going to hurt i mean you know so that's kind of dependent on the aircraft but figure out whatever a safe distance is and try to maintain that there's no reason to have a 700 
doing hurricanes five feet in front of your face. Right. Yeah. I feel like if you can feel the wind off of it, you're too close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's yeah. just me. You know, and Andy, you said something about a smaller model. Dude, I've definitely had cases of those things doing damage, you know, to myself. Yeah. Right. Steve my has up, too. My I foot up. <laughs> yeah. 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 I can tell but, you, a, a 230 will eat you up. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Because you have, sorry. Yeah, you have to remember with the smaller helicopters, they have to spin those blades so much faster to, you know, quote unquote, beat the transmission, right? To be able to fly, mm-hmm. that um, you know, yeah, it's not a seven hundred carbon fiber blade, but even a two thirty plastic blade will rip you up if it hits yeah. you. You know, it it could hurt you. I mean, yeah. a little tiny nano is probably just gonna yeah at most embarrass you and hurt your feelings. <laughs> two thirty mm-hmm. could, you know, it could cut you enough to need a couple stitches yeah a 500 and up's gonna really fuck up yeah. your day yeah did you know what i mean yep. Mm-hmm. yep yeah you have to be safe you know uh let's see here you can take this long one this is a long one to say <laughs> <laughs> uh talk about distance and flying well even when you have it powered up I said, stay away from a powered up or running aircraft and when you can and have safety measures in place when you can't. And by that, I mean, again, the, the safety or the throttle cut or something on fuel models. I have like on a heli, I have hold, but then I also have a normal mode. And if I've got to go up and tune it or, you know, do something with the engine running, you know, you land, you just want to uh-huh. get a couple clicks or something. I'll put it in the normal mode and lower the throttle down. So if for some reason when I set the transmitter down, if throttle hold accidentally gets bumped or something, it's still not going to spool up because it's a, you know, low throttle, idle throttle. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's just another way of getting two different you have to engage two different things before it'll will spool up again. And this this yeah, is yeah. more talking about fuel powered aircraft, you know, planes or or helis or whatever, uh-huh. just because you can't really use your throttle cut or else the engine will cut off. You don't right. have to restart it. If the power if you land and you're gonna tune something in the fly barless or something with your, your radio, you know, there's really no need to go be too close to it if you can help it. Uh, if it's electric, you can use your, your lock switch or something, you know, just when it's powered up, be aware, or if the engine's running, you know what I mean? Yeah. Speaking of that, I'm going to ask you guys, do you guys power up your electrics on the bench, carry them out, or do you carry them out and then plug the battery in? Carry them out and plug it up. So depends if there's a queue. Then obviously I don't keep it powered up, um, but at our field we have a pits area and then we have like these big tables or they're more like storage boxes, but we use them as tables. And I'll leave my helicopters there and power them up there, and it's about a 10, 15 foot walk to the flight line. So yeah, I'll carry it out. That's what I do. Steve takes up the whole box with all his stuff, all his <laughs> helicopters. Yeah. Well, there's like three other boxes. So. No, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> But what no, about to, you? Yeah. to answer that question, I 
if that box, if I can get my helicopter, you know, either there or the other table, I oh. usually power it up beforehand and carry it out. But I have a habit yeah. that I got into early on in the hobby of keeping my left thumb over the throttle, even though yeah. on helicopters it really doesn't matter because yeah. I don't, right. I don't, I don't have that uh, normal mode, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll plug so, it in and so carry it out. That does nothing. No, but it's just you know if if I have a plane or something, I'm definitely uh, right because I don't right. I don't put throttle cuts on the planes. Um, and I've gotten yelled at by Tony at our field several times for not having throttle cut, but, uh, yeah, I just, you might want to look into that because it's so easy for that throttle stick to get bumped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I used set it to on the table one. or something. And I mean, somebody walks by and bumps it. I mean, it, it could get hit a million different ways. And one of the cases I had, and this might, you know, come into some of the guys that are into the flight test stuff or just starting to learn to fly. One of the cheaper orange receivers that I had, when it lost signal, it would go full throttle and take just take Whoa. off. So if I shut my radio off, it was gone. Uh, no fail safe. Huh? No oh, fail safe. Or I didn't set it up right, and I just I think I stopped using that receiver. Yeah, Probably reversed it after you bound it or something. Maybe it was one of those cheap orange ones. You know, that's mm-hmm. one of the things I thought about and forgot to write down was uh check your fail safe stuff yeah. make sure that's all working just mm-hmm. for that instance if you lose signal for some reason what's going to happen mm-hmm. you know it's right. gonna go full throttle is it going to go some weird servo positions and cause the problem yeah yeah uh, probably I'll tell you, I do, to check those i do believe in a throttle cut on everything yeah, uh, even if it's just like an rc buggy ground buggy or something because i used to when i first got in the hobby i was kind of the same way i'm about again you know it's like i you know i know i know if my gun's loaded or not and, and all this kind of stuff but um no uh it's best to have safety yeah you know i mean that throttle cut um you know let's say it that i'm 100 percent safe but somebody else walks by and they see this this switch in the position they usually have theirs in throttle cut and think that everybody in the universe has the radio set the same way and uh picks it up and starts fooling with it it's just uh yeah i, I quit that i did that probably for the first year i was flying I, somebody just told me said you know what uh what would it hurt just to be a little bit safer if it, if it would keep somebody else from getting hurt and uh, i started using one ever since yeah hmm. well i mean with planes especially you're relying on that throttle stick I mean, something could tip over on the bench. You could bump it with the the tail of the plane when you're checking something or doing something. I mean, there's it's so you easy bump to bump it when you that. pick up the radio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 So or stumble things. walking, you know, out with the radio in your hand. I mean, with the airplane and the radio in your hand. Right. There's just there's a million reasons to. If you have that throttle cut, it's just a it's just a, a backup. Yeah. Kind of a system where even if you bump the throttle stick, nothing's going to happen. Until you disengage throttle cut. I do that, and like Kevin said, I still hold my my thumb down over the over the throttle. Right. Keep keep it down. It's just just habit, I guess. But uh, yeah, somebody also said one time I heard him say because um, I've heard this discussed a hundred times probably since I've been in the hobby. But they said, <clears throat> you know, I can think of a thousand good reasons to use one use a throttle cut, but I can't use 
can't think of really one good reason not to use one other yeah. than I'm yeah. just lazy. Yep. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yep. Cool. Okay. So let's pivot here to flying and protecting others. Oh, boy. Yeah. I hand out um, blindfolds and helmets when I fly <laughs> usually. <laughs> <laughs> leather jackets and face shields yeah now i've been getting these surplus uh bomb disposal suits <laughs> and, uh, working great other than when it's really hot yeah <laughs> well, you need for you need it for after the festivities when you're uh, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna light that fuse yeah <laughs> you know i don't think i'm gonna do a bomb i mean a explosion this year um it's just uh I think we're just going to do, I've got a bunch of brush piled up like 30, 40 feet high, maybe 20 and and just burn that and have a big bonfire. The horses, it scares the crap out of them. You know, the first few mortars and stuff that blow out and, um, yeah, I think we're going to be more, a little more quiet this year. Hmm. Cool. But, um, you know, I, I know a lot of times when we're out here flying, Sometimes we're acting crazy. If if I've got like say one of those flight test beacons or something out there acting a fool doing you know high off of stuff going real slow, everybody knows, you know, you better watch, you know, because you, you're you're on your own. Make uh-huh. sure you've got a free shot to run one way or the other. Um, we had a guy one time come in with an old F eighteen, some kind of foam thing. It didn't have any landing gear or anything but it was a 90 millimeter and he hand launched it and got it up there and didn't have any rates set up on it or any expo or anything and it was interesting he he did he landed it on the hood of uh one of our other members here oh boy Jeez. yeah yeah he just kind of grinned and bared it you know yeah i mean but, sometimes uh, the accidents happen and it's unavoidable but, but you do the best he, you can to he should have checked it out he said i thought i had to thought I had my rates and expo. As soon as it left his hand, it was like a, a bucking a bucking bronco. It was, uh, it was interesting. I don't think about it too about flying a plane like that. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I said, you know, if it's something you're uncomfortable with, you know, try and land it immediately. Do a, try mm-hmm. and come around and then land it. Yeah. Don't try if and can't. do the whole flight like that. Yeah. yeah. Or if you can't make sure somebody's video in a controlled area. Right. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yep. Try and put it oh, down man. in some big stuff or, you know, big, big tall grass or something. Mm-hmm. If you can. If not, just, yeah. You know, the last thing you want to have happen is to fly into anybody. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can remember a few times where I was either flying my, my, uh, flight test quad and recording and a guy walking around with his kids and i just dumped it into the ground because i wasn't sure where he was going or the kids were and when i I was newer with the helicopters i remember it being inverted and i wasn't that comfortable and getting kind of close to Devin and i and i just would dumped it into the ground because i just you know uh safety first yeah just uh that's always my Mm -hmm. thought you know yeah, helicopters can, can be replaced. I can replace the heli, you know. Yep. Can't replace the tip of my nose. Nope. 
if I chop that off or whatever, even worse. Uh-huh. You, you know? can, but it's expensive. Yeah. yeah. You want me to run down the list here, Steve? Yeah. Number one, don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Yeah. I think what the, well, let me just make sure you didn't put it in there. Um, well, maybe the third one or fourth one, but, um, but don't be a dick, but like, you know, obviously if you're flying in a large crowd and stuff, sometimes you get like the cheering and the lower and the screams and all that stuff. And you, you over, you end up overflying your abilities. Yes. I see that happen a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, just, just fly what you can fly. You don't have to impress anyone at all with flying. Like, and, and I would say like, you can do that, but maybe keep it out just a little bit. Sure. You know, if you're going to f- fly low and dangerously, move it out 30 feet or something. Don't do it right in front of your face. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's, there's no reason to. Just asking for trouble. And it could be an equipment failure or something that causes the trouble, too. No, you know? and that's right. Right. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, I see it, and I'm not going to mention names, but I see it with several pros out there, and it's just like, I know you can fly. I know you can handle it. I know if something goes wrong, you'll be able to handle it. But if something fails, you know, like you put a lot of abuse on that helicopter. What if, you know, servo arm just gives out or a ball like just pops off, you know? It's like you're risking everyone, yourself, just because, you know, just because you can. I mean, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. I saw a, a 700 go in the crowd at Urcha a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Pilot tapped the tail on the ground, lost the tail, and it just kind of went right over his head. Yeah. And he did everything correctly. He had mm-hmm. full pitch, throttle hole. Right, pushing it out. So yep. by the time it, it hit the guy, it's like you just took it and threw it at him from four feet away, yeah. you know? It really it didn't, stalled didn't out. hurt him or anything. Yeah. But still, uh, a 12 pound helicopter flying mm-hmm. through the air. Yeah. I mean, even yeah. without blade spinning. You know? Right. But if he hadn't have been a really great pilot and sure. knew to give it full pitch and stuff to stop the blades. I mean, it could mm-hmm. have been a lot worse. Right. Just saying if he'd have been 30 feet further out, then it would have landed, you know, in front of him instead of behind him. Sure. That's all I'm saying. True. Mm-hmm. Yes. All the same precautions that we've been talking about. Plus the awareness of others, you know, just be aware. Situational awareness. I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. you can get tunnel vision when you're doing anything. Um, I've been mowing before and, and, you know, turn around, especially on that zero turn mower and boom, there's somebody walking up to talk to me and just, you know, yeah, Yeah, I'm about to run over your foot and chop it up. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, but I'll tell you a bad story. I hate to tell this on myself, but we've got a pretty good shooting range here at the house and i've been shooting a 308 and um i've been shooting at a 300 yard target and i'd been looking through that scope for probably 30 45 minutes and i just kept you know i'd shoot like a three-round group and check and adjust and you know dial it in and um i'd shot probably i guess two or three three three-round groups pretty fast there and and stopped and was looking and adjusting my scope just a little bit and 
<clears throat> I shot three more, and all of a sudden I heard this screaming, carrying on. Well, I thought, oh wow, I've I've killed somebody. Oh damn! <clears throat> I, I look up, and my neighbors had walked up through the field in between that pause, and um, I was still shooting, you know, probably forty feet over their head. But that muzzle flash when you're walking up on a, you know, a, mm-hmm. a porch that's kind of shaded. It's kind of yeah. like a hide, you, you know. You don't even know there's anybody there, and all of a sudden, yeah, three three oh eight pops out about fifty yards in front of you. Wow. Yeah. So you know, don't get tunnel vision. Be aware of everything that's going on around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look up. Look up and look around every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's where you kind of need a spotter, you know, mm-hmm. if you're to thump fly or something, to to be aware of that. Um, I'm saying again, don't fly so close and, you know, pets and kids and stuff will run out on the field. Yeah. The fun yeah. Fly. Gotta be, yeah. you gotta kind of keep that in the back of your mind. We were talking about know your surroundings, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we've all seen that or I've seen it many times, a dog or something run out on the field for some reason. And yeah. You know, people are quick to get them out of the way, but you need to know that that can happen. Right. The whole what if scenario. Yeah, sure. What are you going to do? Andy and I have talked about this before where you're at a fun fly and you're especially a helicopter fun fly and you're in a tight little area and you only do the same four moves. Well, it's probably because I'm not used to flying in that little area and I'm trying to keep somewhat of a safe, you know, activity as I'm flying around and. I mean, it's, I'm expanding that now, you know, that I'm been getting better at flying, but don't be afraid. Don't be, don't think you have to go out there and throw down like, uh, like Steve would say, some of the, the, uh, the pros, man. Pros. Just, just mm-hmm. go out and have fun. Yeah. Go yeah, out, have, have fun. 9.9. Be safe about it. Yeah. And be in control. That's it. Yeah. I think right. you'll impress more people showing them you're in control of your model yes. than, with a crazy maneuver that you're like on the edge with. Right. Definitely. Right. I mean, that's, yeah, I, that's what yeah. I, I, I admire that. Exactly. Kevin, I wrote that here. Oh, a fun you? fly with a big crowd behind you is not the time to try that new maneuver. Five, <laughs> you know, on the deck, five feet in front of yourself. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's not. And right. I, I'm getting better with it, but I've always been very, nervous flying in front of a crowd or something not as much the the nerves of somebody seeing me fly the nerves of you know yeah. i gotta don't let it go across the flight line you know be aware of this be yeah. aware of that and stuff because my normal setting is i'm out here all alone in the middle of a field with nothing to hit so uh-huh. you kind of relax and you don't worry about it as much right so right, that makes sense it's taken a couple of years to actually be comfortable enough to start pushing a little bit harder at a fun fly because, and still to this day, I fly very conservatively. You know, I only do stuff that I really can do, you know, comfortably. I don't really push my limits at all. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, no, that's yeah. good. That's my excuse for flying like a pussy, but, Oh, geez. 
It's for your safety. <laughs> yeah, it's for your safety. That's the way I do. Yeah. I've flown on the main line at at noon at Joan All and uh, demo in a motion plane. And I'm telling you, I flew that thing like it was made out of a piece of china or something. Yeah. Just because I was, you know, afraid that two things. I was afraid of making a fool out of myself. I won't lie about that. Sure, but two, you know, worried about, you know, crashing it into me and yeah. James, James standing there at the microphone stuck right in my face while I'm flying, talking about it. And, uh, First go you, behind you, or something. you know, a thousand people standing behind you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's nerve wracking. That's not the time to do a, you know, a aileron roll with the B-24 Liberator. Yep. I agree with you. Uh-huh. And of course, like talking about know your surroundings, if you're flying at, at a park or not a field or something. Oh yeah. Be aware you may have a bicyclist or somebody People walking, walking dog dogs. Or, yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, different things could come into your flying area. Yes. Unannounced. So yes. be aware. Or yeah. you get that guy that walks up behind you. Hey, that's really nice. Whoa. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, exactly. starts talking. Yeah. You don't know anybody's there. You know, I know it's, it's so embarrassing when you turn around and, you know, chop them right in the throat. <laughs> I thought you gonna say you turn around oh, and it's yeah. Rodney Dangerfield right behind you. Or <laughs> <laughs> you turn around and it's the police. <laughs> yep. Oh, sorry. Can I have my radio out of your face? <laughs> all right. Yeah. Um, I mean, so be safe, right? We, we all want to be safe. We all want to enjoy this hobby and you know, put our time into this thing. So just, yeah, put put a little bit of effort into thinking about safety. You know, yeah. Not to say respect, respect but yeah, respect the moving parts. Yeah. yeah, really respect. Yep, respect the moving parts. I tried mm-hmm. to look up some some stats or something for injuries, model aircraft, model aviation. I wasn't able to no. find a lot. Um, from what I can tell, there's not been a lot of like really serious injuries, you know, there's a few, there's a handful. Yeah. Very, um, very few. I think there's a lot of, I mean, go to any club. You're going to see a lot of guys with scars on their arms from prop strikes and stuff. Prop strikes, tuning the motor or, yep. I think that's probably one of the biggest, you know, probably the <laughs> prop strikes is probably the most call like, popular injury i would guess you know that causes people to have to most common i would say yeah yeah most common that's what i'm looking mm-hmm. for yeah yeah, yeah um, i would say so i don't know there's not a lot of injuries in the heli side that i that i know of i mean obviously they have the potential to be very 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 bad yep but i heard about somebody crashing a helicopter into themselves a couple of times in the last year or two can't think of what his name was i know at urcha um there's a famous video from like i don't know when you like look up like on youtube like Mm. 10 most craziest helicopter crash right yeah i remember i know i don't want to say his name but basically tapped the tail just like he said and you know he had throttle hold and everything but he he basically all he could do is turn around and hit him in the back you know and right that they oh, cut him a little, I think. Yeah, you know him too, Kevin. 
Um, it's a it's a famous video where you see they usually don't focus on him, the pilot, but they focus on the kid, his spotter running away, and the face that he makes was like it's sheer terror. <laughs> yeah, I'll link it. it is oh crazy. man, yeah, sheer so terror. I can just see that face. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's like a he was like a 12, 13 year old kid. So you know, it's just like he he wears his emotions on the outside, and that was just like holy crap, he was running for his life, literally. That was the like face I made the first time I saw somebody doing 3D. Yeah. I, I thought, I thought As you're running thing, away? Yeah, I thought they'd totally lost control of it, you know, and it was attacking. <laughs> you're like, holy shit, the tail. What the crap. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. I was so embarrassed when I realized I was the only one running. <laughs> yeah. I think I've said that before. Uh, I mean, I think we all probably know some people that's had minor or serious injuries. That my serious injuries, yeah. So, you know, yeah. just be careful. There's some people that make me so nervous. I'm not kidding you that I, I can't watch. I have to go away. I mean, I have to get, I have to put physical di- distance between me and where they're, they're at. I, I yes. can't even, I can't even s- see them. Is that why you, you know? always run away when I start flying, George? No, I always watch you fly. <laughs> I love watching those, uh, auto, auto rotation. He, he watches and he's like, well, I'm not worried about him. He does the same four things over and over. <laughs> no. No, I really, and too, I like, I like watching helicopters that smoke. I don't want to clean one up, but there's anyway. two, there's two types of pilots that I kind of like look at and kind of out of the corner of my eye or whatever, just like, just try and stay clear of when they're flying. And there's, there's one type that is like we said, you know, flying on a little bit beyond their, their capability and you can, you can definitely see it and tell it. And then there's the other pilot, which is, like insanely good but he's flying so quick man that any little mechanical failure you know couldn't disastrous close yeah disastrous so those two types i i kind of i won't go out and stand next to him right you know Mm -hmm. uh i'll just chill out and i'll always even if i'm in the pit area man dude i'm always like got an ear up sort of or i don't i don't normally turn my back to the field i'm kind of i guess that's all military you know downrange type thing but uh you know i just always look at the field when i'm talking to somebody mm-hmm. just like so yeah and that's what's a, happening especially when you start hearing things like you hear something you just like and, and there's certain yeah there are definitely certain pilots where like i am not gonna take my eyes off that helicopter yeah i know and i'm talking you to you be not, behind cover while you watch them yes yes and don't get me wrong i do stupid shit like i think i have to chill out i was there's some pilots that flew close and I'm like sitting there for camera, trying to record, you know. And it's like, ooh, this is close. I was on the other side of the canopy watching. I know, <laughs> watching my live stream, right? <laughs> because it was a closer like, view. I don't know who's going to die here, the pilot or Steve. But yeah. I guess I'm going to yeah. come back here and see. Yeah. You, know, you know what worries me more than anything are the ones, the people that they they get too comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, and they. They, they fly too close to themselves. They fly too close to others and they fly in areas they shouldn't fly, but you know, it's okay because they've done it for years. And that's the ones that, that worry me. I don't care how good you are. Like, like said, been said on this show a million times, a mechanical failure can happen. And that's all she wrote. Yeah. Uh, that's the ones that worry me. The one that get, they get too complacent. They get too comfortable. Yeah, planes and helis. I mean, these big gas or 3D planes. Oh, yes. 
inch things. Hundred percent. Twenty inch carbon fiber prop. You definitely that's, don't want to be hit with that. That's why I don't go down to the 3D line down at Joe Nolly anymore. It's just too crazy. Right. And some of them will, you know, they'll fly straight at themselves or the pits and then, you know, pop it up at the last second and yeah. stuff. Or the crown. And that's fine. But what if your elevator linkage breaks or something? You know, exactly. it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's unsafe, really. Do that maneuver, but do it left to right is what I say. Right. Yeah, I mean, and I'm guilty of that. I, but I don't fly at myself, but I do fly like in a V shape or like an A shape. I guess if you do it, but I don't wait till last minute to. Right. Well, I mean, and I fly back. I fly out, out and back, back myself mm-hmm. too, but I don't bring it in within ten, ten feet and then pop it up. You know what I mean? Right. Or something. Yeah. But anyway, did we miss anything? <laughs> Probably. I think we covered, yeah, I think we covered the basis, but we probably definitely missed a whole bunch. So <laughs> if we missed some, let us know. Yeah. Yeah, leave it in a comment for this uh, post. All right, let's move it on. Yeah? Sure. Okay. Do we have a planker segment? Well, I'm scared I, to ask that. I think we do. <laughs> and I think okay. it's epic. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Epicness. Oh boy. Oh, boy. I haven't heard it. Mike D did send me uh, a preview, and I started listening to the, like the first two seconds, and I was like, nope, I'm going to stop it right there. Not even going to listen any further. Mm. So let's check it out. We're so doomed. <laughs> <laughs> Join our heroes in a time long, long ago. Uh, I think that was April. In a state of confusion. We rejoin our heroes. Mr. Miata. I'm stupid. Han Solo Neal. Dude. Chew back fat. Hey, now. Obi-Wan, helicopter and airplane hoarding guy. How about too much stuff? R2-F-U-C-U-P <laughs> Oh Oh my And the planker Guys, uh, somebody's gonna say Okay, hey Mike, say something funny <laughs> So come and join our merry band of miscreants And misfits The Miata Strikes Back <laughs> I freaking love this It's IX-12. I'm in this stupid fucked up car wars thing too. Anyway. We find our group of rejects on the frozen planet of Hoth where they are hiding from the Mazda car company. (laughs) Meanwhile the evil Mazda corporation is searching for Mr. Miata in order to turn him to the dark side of the car world. Factory original equipment. Yes, the dreaded OEM. 
Now let us join this group of free fall knuckleheads. Hey guys. <laughs> wow, Captain Solo. Our master, Mr. Miata, hasn't returned. Yeah. And it's getting cold out there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's extremely, extremely dangerous, but someone needs to go. I really don't want to go. Someone needs to go look for him. Kind of, but not really. <laughs> no. I don't really. How about you, Obi-Wan, helicopter and airplane hoarding guy? But, um, 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 I buy too much stuff. Shoe back five, how about you? <laughs> I. Stop right there. Stop right there. Oh, what a dick. I'm gonna get over here to level two and clamp all this tauntaun shit. There's tauntaun shit all over the floor. Open the doors. <laughs> Open the doors. Hey now! Somebody order grub up. Come up front. Get your grub up. We're so doomed. You know what? I'm having a hell of a good time right now. Meanwhile, our hero, Mr. Miata, is lost in the deep snow of Hoth. Near death. Luke. 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 <gasps> Use Luke clutches on your Miata. Okay. Mr. Miata. Awesome. You must go to the Dagobah system and learn from Master Yoda. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> He's a pretty good car guy. He fixed my sister's car. That's yeah, great to hear. <laughs> go, go to Denver. Oh, that doesn't look too far. Aww. Not smart or good looking, Mr. Miata is. I'm stupid. Broken? Your car is. Mm-hmm. Barely know how to take apart a car. Give you training. Yoda will. Oh, I'm gonna forget this tomorrow. Start already, <laughs> have you? <laughs> so Mr. Miata put his hat on. Figure, why not give it a go? Do I? The parts bill is... It's fucking huge. Oh! I mean, taking apart a car is an easy part. Putting it back together, oosh. Damn! Fucking moron! Oh, better was me when called Yoder. Sometime later. Fuck in the head you are, young Mr. Miata. If I got a whole bunch of shit done on the Miata, what else can I work on? Itchy balls. These RC guys give Yoda. Oh gosh. Next time on Car Wars, Mazda Strikes Back. We join the numb nuts of Freefall as their quest continues. Join up with Han Solomio, Chu Backfat, and this guy. You know what? I'm having a hell of a good time right now. 
and oh my god, a stowaway, Bill Ant. Bill, that's the worst idea I've ever heard. Yes, it is. First, Bill Ant breaks the engine. The motor kind of got burnt out. You didn't have any duct tape with you? I've never seen this before. Um, and then because I have like the reflexes of a 90 year old man. Then things get crazy. The mouth starts going, and there's only one way to shut him up, and that's, you know. (laughs) It was dark. He couldn't see that whaler. He missed. Yeah. (laughs) I'm kind of scatterbrained, so I have to, like, I got to keep everything. Bullshit. George Lucas does. Oh. <laughs> nice. That was freaking epic. I'm telling you. How long did it take him to do that? I don't know. Man. I, I think a while. That's why we got 29 and a half last week. I think he was probably working on this for maybe a week or two or yeah. so. That yeah. was insanely good. Awesome. Great awesome. job. Even a good storyline. Mm-hmm. We, we need to double his pay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh. Zero times two. <laughs> his zero. That's awesome, Mike. That was yeah, amazing, man. Yep. I think he had a little guest uh, help there, too. wonder where that came from. I think that might have been Mr. Joel helping him out as Yoda. But I could be wrong. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Dude, I All can right. I, you know, Steve I, fucked I, in the head. This one is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, it was shit. so that I got to go back and listen to that again because that was freaking Yeah, I got to awesome, hear dude. it like five more times. I yeah. know. I'll catch everything. Yeah. That was freaking great. Did you hear the um, <laughs> whoever ordered Grubhub? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the hot base? That was great. I was cracking up. Oh, I was muted, but I was cracking up. Oh, awesome. That was great. All right. All right. Let's move it on to news and announcements. All right. News and some announcements. Nice. Add a little flair to it. I like it. Okay. What do we got? Uh, A nurture. A nurture. A nurture. (laughs) Nurture. Inertia. Uh, I forgot how to talk. (laughs) Urcha announced that um, the Jamboree is officially a go. Because the AMA decided to not cancel the outdoor Nats this year. So everything is going 100%. Um, Nats will be, I guess, the start on the 2nd of August. Probably the 2nd to the 4th. And Urcha is running the 5th to the 9th of August. Okay. Helicopter Nats start the Sunday before that. Maybe the Saturday, you know? I didn't look that up. I'm sure Monty will correct me. I can't go. I'm going to be printing. You're going to be printing helicopters. (laughs) 
uh, anyway, so we're kind of waiting until the, the 10th of June. The AMA was going to officially decide one way or the other. So, um, awesome. Next thing, did you guys see these blades from Nick Maxwell? I did, I did. not. Yeah. PFB 715 rotor blades. Cause them Revo RC helicopter rotor blades. Uh, I know he's been working on these a while, but uh-huh. this look pretty badass. PFB parabolic flexing blades. Uh, he's got a very narrow corded and flex free root. Providing rigid control of the blade tip. So I guess it flexes out toward the end. I don't know. Never before has a blade been so stable with a sustainable 425 plus degrees per second rate of rotation. 425 what? degrees per second. Sustainable. That's fucking oh, wow. insane. I know I've been cursing a lot this episode. I'm sorry. That's insane. I'm wow. not sure what that means. Every that means second you do 425. really, really fast. Yeah, oh, super fast. Your, your oh, okay. normal 700, Kevin, will pro- probably somewhere in like 270 or... And maybe three. Maybe 300 if you've got the head speed cranked right way up. Yeah. 425 is like freaking insane. Yeah. Okay. That's like double the fast as like most of the helicopters out there. Well, I followed the link though, and I don't see a picture of the blades. It's like he's selling an infinity or something on his. He's website. selling his logo. No. Oh. <laughs> no, it's it's. I saw it on Facebook. Um, they just look like black blades. They don't have any logo or anything oh, okay. that I I noticed on it. Um, at least the ones that he were testing. I mean, they're probably prototypes. Yeah, I don't know that. Uh, I yeah, I hadn't seen any pictures yet. Okay. Yeah. But um. This is cool, yeah, there's, though. There's more talked about on Facebook. Cool. Um, yeah, it's pretty badass. I mean, if anybody knows Blades, it's Nick Maxwell. So yeah, I basically just trust whatever he's cooking up is going to be badass. But uh-huh. that that's my opinion on it. Um. I'm just looking to see if there's anything to say. Uh, no. I don't know. Sorry, I was reading through this real quick, but sound like they would be pretty good for since they're stable, but can achieve those fast rotation rates. So, interesting to see. How they work. Right, yeah. Cool. It hopes to have some available before Urcha. And bring some to Urcha so people can bolt them on and try them out. Yeah, that'd be cool. But, yeah, that'd be really cool. Awesome, yeah. If you go to Nick Maxwell's site, um, his sorry, not his site, his uh, Facebook page, it's pretty much the, la- like the most recent post on there. So you can see that it's, you okay. know, and he has... He has a little video where he um, um, does the, the flips, the stationary. First of all, his stationary flips are like, like cool. fucking perfect. You know, like perfect. 
And but like the speed of it is insane. Um, you know, let me just link it in our show notes so that we can link it to um to the post when we get that ready. So but yeah, if you take a look at that link for his uh his Facebook page, you'll see the first post, and it just looks like black car and fiber blades, at least the first picture. But on the second one, you just see him perfect, man. It's yeah. insane. It says they're 715 millimeters long, have a 14 millimeter root, 5 millimeter bolt hole, can be flown on electric, nitro, low head speed, speed, and uh-huh. F3C helicopters. The leading edge is one piece wrapped. That's cool. Found in no other RC rotor blade on the market. That's pretty badass. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, Nick Nick knows his blades. Like, he knows. That's what I'm saying. I you mean, know, so this, this will be very interesting to uh, give a try. We can talk for hours about flap and lead lag and yeah. CG I and the he, differences and all that kind of stuff. Was it a Telerotor he was on, right? Yeah, Telerotor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we got to get him on our show here. Talk yep. about him, too. Yeah. Yeah, maybe come on and talk about these blades. Yeah. 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 Look at Steve. Doing it now. Sending him an email. Nice. Nice. We could call the episode Nick Knows. Nick Knows. <laughs> awesome. All right. What else we got? I don't know. What else you got? <laughs> <laughs> I know that the uh, the new Flatline OB10s from Motion RC shipped today. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. So that's good. I saw that all the shipping notices went out. Cool. Sweet. Yeah. Oh, look, I know. Um, seeing some pictures and videos. Mm-hmm. No talking about um, new things. The SAB Kraken 580 has landed in the U.S. and it's being—I uh, don't know if it's shipped already or being prepped to ship real soon. So we should start right. seeing kits probably by—I'm thinking end of the end of the week to early next week. We should start seeing the kits, and uh, hopefully, I'll—I'll I'll be one of the first batch there. Sweet. Yeah. What's this I'm hearing about a Nitro 580? So. Uh, I think it was Mirko. I'm not sure who it was. Who one of the one of the international SAB pilots was uh, hinting at something, and it was you know it was a Kraken 580, and we kind of saw like a little um, one of those things that you put on the pipe, the little deflectors, kind of sitting there. Like he kind of had his radio covering most of the helicopter, but you kind of saw that on the right side of that radio, kind of sticking out. So. Um, there's I hadn't rumors. Seen I just heard stuff. Yeah, so there's rumors that SAB is um, most likely going to release a 600 size nitro or a nice. 55 or 50 nitro. And I mean, so these are rumors. Don't quote me on this. You know, um, I have not heard anything official, even being on the team yet. So we'll see. But that post definitely was leaning towards that. I think. They're either going to make a conversion or a full-fledged, like, Kraken Nitro kit. Yeah. Um, 600 cool. size, the so 580 size, right? So that'd be very cool because I feel like that market is that, that you know, 50-55 market is some people like that, you know? And, you know, the fuel costs and with Byron's going out of business and fuel being even more, you know, kind of annoying to get. Um, 
you know, running, getting whatever. What did they get? Like 12, 13 flights per yeah, gallon? 13 versus seven. Seven, right? So you get pretty much twice the flight time or twice the flights out of it. So um, economically wise, and, you know, 600s, they fly very, very well, right? Like they're not. It's not like you're flying a 130X and like, shit, I, you know, nothing flies like a 700. But 600, they fly very, very well, very close to 700 size. So I think um, we'll see. I think it's going to be a, a hit if they do do it. Um, I know I just purchased a 580, but if they do a conversion, I'm buying a conversion. If they do a full kit, I'm going to buy full kits. You know, mm-hmm. nitro is kind of where I want to be anyways. Nitros and, you know, fuel models in general, nitros and gasers. So, um, yeah. So that's that, yeah. Cool. Okay, uh, let's move it on to what's next for you, Nahabi? All right. What's next for you? Anybody but me? <laughs> well, let's start with George. We always hear George last. Let's start with George. Okay. I guess next for me and Hobby is uh, I've got these prints started, so really I don't have to fool with that for about four more days. And... Um, I've really jumped on trying to finish up some projects and I'm really getting close on this AH6. I've, um, I've, I've spun it up and everything, everything's checking out good with, with no blades on it, no vibrations. Um, seems like it should be okay. I need to start working on the, the blades. Of course I have to paint them, but, uh, yeah, should be able to get it out here in the next few days if the weather's good and, and, test over it some i'm gonna start putting some more time running them up and down after that um run them up and down the runway i should say you know two or three feet off the ground because you know i lost that stars and stripes fuselage because one of my ESE leads popped out on me and uh just gonna shake them down a little bit better in the future that's something else i learned i should have mentioned that but just you know when you build something Pretty much from a bunch of junk. Make sure you uh, check it down good. When I say a bunch of junk, it's just you know a bunch of outdated stuff, but good parts. Mm-hmm. But, but it's all stuff that's been pieced together. Finish up that, and um, I've been working on my my UV again, and just really excited about these 3D projects. Not just so much printing them out and getting them all one piece, but making the molds for them and actually seeing some you know finished pieces pulling from the molds or at least you know finished fuselage and some nice. parts and pieces yeah, yeah that's gonna be amazing george the detail yeah. that's gonna be on that like you said hand carving it you can't get that you, there's no way you can get that detail that you can on the 3d printed model it's amazing it, it's amazing how close they they've got over the years on things it's like this big uh Shikorsky i've got daryl did it that way he he carved it out of a foam block and to look at it you'd never dream that i mean if you look at all the angles and everything on it how precise they are but yeah. uh, you know not just anybody could do that exactly yeah you know that's yeah. a that's a dying art in the hobby it really is that's that's it for me though okay um i could go next i want to go flying um, if I do get the Kraken 580, I'll probably build that. Maybe get an unboxing video. I don't know. We'll see. Cool. Or a build video. But um, yeah, yeah. I definitely want to fly. Um, 
if the weather or a TFR comes into play, I think I might try to venture up north or venture outwards a little bit more and, you know, try to find a field. Like, I mean, I could always go to South Jersey, but that's a, that's a decent hike for like, you know, three, four hours. So, but yeah, I need to try to make it out and, and fly. Get these howies, dust them off again, you know? They got so much dust on them, it's not even funny. <laughs> yeah, dust them <laughs> off. Yeah. Uh, all right. Who wants to go next? I can go next. All right. Yeah, I want to do the same thing. Hopefully get out and fly if Trump or the weather doesn't interfere with my flying. And yes. hopefully we can all get together on Friday night for a little sim session. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm not on call. It's a week before I'm going on vacation. So I'm going to probably be tuned up. Tune Ooh-wee. in. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I can make this Friday, but I'm going to try. All right. You can make it. You can make yeah. it. Yeah. My friends want to go hang out. We haven't. Shh, who needs friends? <laughs> I was going to yeah. say, we're all here. You're going to be hanging out with us. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. Cool. What about you, Andy? Yeah. I've got to work on this XL power. Get it off my table and get out of the way. Uh Uh-huh. And get it so I can fly it. (laughs) It's it's been, what, like a month or two or something? I don't know. Yeah. Still sitting here in pieces. You talking about the mud pie? Yeah. The mud pie. Uh Got to put bearings in the motor. Uh, I've probably got some that would fit it, but I may order like some good bearings for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have to keep on taking that apart. It, it needs good bearings. It'd be like a new motor. Yeah. So, and possibly try to get some more flights in, you know, to fly the gasser some more. Uh, I was actually kind of enjoying that little Oxy4 Max. Oh, really? Nice. Which yeah. is. I talked about that last week or week before or something. I don't know. I mean, I haven't flown the damn thing in like a year or something. And it's like, nah, whatever. I don't care. I don't like right. the Then mm-hmm. I got it out and played with it. I was like, ah, you know, it's like flies pretty damn good, you know, just to throw around, goof off with. I'm like, meh, maybe I'll keep at it. Yeah, I got to fix yeah. my, I got to get mine back together. It's not really in too bad a shape. I just got to fix it. But, uh, same nice. thing, man. I enjoyed that Oxy 4 the way it flew. It's funny, man. Looking back on the Oxy 5, uh, I know it's only been, it hasn't really been that long that I've been flying it. Maybe, eight, I don't even know, maybe six months, maybe less than that. But I can remember the first couple of flights on that being like, oh, damn, I'm way too nervous flying this, you know, because it was new. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm, right. I don't want to crash it. I don't want to crash it. And then, pff, man, now it's like, it's just like an Oxy-3 almost. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. right. It's like, it's yeah, so it goes in, it goes in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Just so much Yeah, fun. I mean, that's why I got to get this XL power bent out of the way so I can build the Oxy-5. Right, right. Fly it. Mm-hmm. I got plenty to do if I can find time to do it. Yeah. Okay. Let's see if we have any listener pipeline. We do. We have three, actually. Three calls. So here's the first one. Hey guys, Planker here. I'm a total asshat for not recognizing Ian Joel for his contribution on today's episode. So there we go. Thanks, guys. All right. Ah, so that was Ian Joel. 
Yeah, I guess doing Yoda. Uh-huh. And we got nice. word from the planker himself that he's an asshat. Uh-huh. You heard it here. Yep. Oh, but talking about the planker, I did get a chance to meet up with him this weekend on, on Saturday. And I got my shirt. <laughs> my oh, wife nice. and kids love it. <laughs> the planker nice. shirt. Yeah. Team planker. So, yeah, I, I got to... Uh, yeah, before this post comes out, I'll, I'll take, I'll put it on, take a picture, share it out on our Facebook page. <laughs> All right, uh, mm-hmm. here's the next one. Hey guys, how you doing? I just had to call and give you a shout out. So, Bert and Kyle, I wanted to let you know that I really appreciate the time you spend <laughs> making podcasts. I've noticed recently, however, that uh, my head not so here. many podcasts lately. I just had to say though, I do love my goblins. Smooth, beautiful in the air, and high performance. Doesn't get any better than that. Just so mm-hmm. you know, this is Steve in Florida, not to be confused with Mr. Miata Steve. You know that guy <laughs> from Freefall RC Podcast? Steve is getting to be quite the mechanic from what I hear. He flies goblins, or did, and recently he's made the switch from electric to nitro and now to gassers. From what I hear, Steve has recently done some very serious work on motor rebuilding. He may have left goblins behind, and I hear now he has switched to some brand called a uh, a Miata, whatever the hell that is. I'm not sure what size <laughs> blades it swings, but but I'm pretty sure he'll be using switch blades. Mm-hmm. Also heard that he has Kerry Shirley and Doug Darby on speed dial, so he can get their help as he fine tunes the needle valves for each cylinder. Man, sounds That's like right. a high performance uh, helicopter. Okay, so how about that guy Andy? <laughs> you know, I, I'm serious. Uh, Wait, 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 hold it, hold it, wait, wait a second. <laughs> oh, boy. Hell, Andy, what is that up about Andy? Man, that guy, I got to give him some credit, though. Jetty Transmitter, Brain 2 FBLs, I got those, so I think great choice, that, that Andy guy. Uh, this guy lives in the country, and he does not listen to country music. Uh, mm-hmm. Why, you might ask? Uh, from what I hear, it's so it that he sucks. doesn't get accused of listening to country music. Oh, my gosh, man. What the hell? What would you call it if you're playing music on your tractor? Uh, obviously, country music. <laughs> so I saw this video. Think about it. Andy on his tractor, straw hat, maybe or a baseball cap, a piece of hay stuck between his teeth, listening to, yeah, you know, you've heard the song, International Harvester. What the heck, Andy? Uh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so fucking terrible. Okay, enough of that. And that guy, Kevin. I mean, this guy, Mr. Rock and Roller. I like Kevin, man. He's a real likable guy. I love me some ACDC, too, Kevin. But, you know, one of my all-time favorites is now not politically correct to play, so I'm going to have to pass on that. I got a tune for everybody. I can't figure out what the Mr. Miata tune would be. I have no idea. Maybe the listeners will help with that. Uh, I hear that uh, they won't even allow this guy to visit. Oh, and he uh, hit the, got cut off. He hit the three-minute marker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought he had five minutes. All right, so here's the next one. It's probably continuation. Yeah. Okay, that was very unnecessary, man. That's <laughs> bullshit. Only I heard that maybe it was three to five minutes. I think it was probably about maybe... 15 seconds of recording. Anyway, this guy, this guy, Kevin, 
I, I'm going to tell you how he is. I hear that uh, they won't even allow him to come into Florida without that full protective bubble boy isolation suit. <laughs> you know, up in the Northeast right now, they still got true. a few issues of COVID, and I'm, I'm thinking he might not be allowed. And last but not least, you got this guy, George. This guy really provides a stable influence to the team, really does. But scale helicopters, is that a thing or what? And i got to ask, tired iron, does that have anything to do? Will Viagra help with that? Um, <laughs> oh, shit. Or Vibrant. I don't know what the deal is. Oh, okay, Burton Kyle, Viagra. i got to run, man. I hope you guys are doing well. I sure do enjoy your podcast. Look forward to hearing you again sometime soon. A friend of mine has got to use my phone to call the Freefall RC boys uh, to negotiate a deal with Mr. Mike the Planker. Uh, what is it, DeGeneres? DeGeneres? I, I don't know. I got it. Anyway, see you guys. Damn. That was awesome, Steve. <laughs> nice. So you don't listen to country music? No. Do you? No. Just David Allen Coe. That's it. Yeah. Perfect country song. Yeah, I mean, some of the old. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. And listen Rocky to Top. I got to listen music. to Rocky Top like once a week, dude. Yeah. Just, really I don't know. There. Seems like all country music made in the last 10 years is really, really fucking terrible. You could say that about all music. Well, that's a good point. Except, Valid point. Except, uh, except some, there's, there's some certain spots though that I'm, I'm still happy there. People are putting music out. But yeah, there's yeah. some gems out there, but for yeah. sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, to be honest, I don't really listen to any music much, but I really hate country music. Okay. And we have one more call this week. Man, we got four. I think you missed one from yesterday. Did I miss one? Oh, shit. I didn't see that popped up uh, at all. Okay. Got hey, y'all. Free for RC podcast, guys. I just love your podcast, or, or, or at least parts of each one. Okay, so enough introduction. <laughs> I need for you to get a message to that punker guy that calls your show and rambles on. We got to talk. And he's had something that, that I may want real bad if I can get a few questions answered. First, I gotta say, I like his virtual tour of George's warehouse floor by floor. The descriptions were amazing and George has lots of, uh, well, let's call it collector's items. And I have to ask, why would he want all that stuff anyway? Okay, so all was good until Mike D got to a floor that when the elevator door opened, there was George spread out like a Christmas turkey in all his God-given glory with two cases of Jerkins lotion, one on each side. Not acceptable oh my gosh. for the podcast, George. Not acceptable. They didn't even notice the twister game. I don't game. know if I were you that I would be proud of your small display of well-used parts. So now, Mr. D, <laughs> from your blanket shows, I hear that your daughter might be available, and I hear that you are looking for a helicopter in trade. Oh, jeez. And that she looks oh, really boy. good in heels maybe even beauty pageant great i'm not so interested in the heels but i do have to get more information about her physical attributes and her general skills i got standards man and i'm not looking for a woman that has muscles hair on her chest a deep voice and a mustache that's acceptable maybe southern ohio kentucky tennessee and west by god virginia but not in the deep south so to continue how many hands tall is she if she has not been correctly measured up, oh, I can help with that. Next, how are her teeth? Straight, crooked, or does she have any teeth? 
Which all one? those options are good. Some have their pros, some have the cons. Oh, and last and most important, Michael D., how are her tool handling skills? I need a woman that can gently handle my tools without damaging them as she builds me some helicopters. I got me a Kraken that I can trade you, so call me. That's BR549 and we can talk. Peace, guys. BR549. <laughs> oh, man. How many hands tall is she? How many hands tall is she? Holy <laughs> oh, freaking awesome. Oh, damn. Uh, who was that? <laughs> you know? You could tell. I think I know who it was. Yeah, I know who it was. Hmm. Different uh, number, though, which is weird. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> um, did I miss? Oh. How many did I miss here? Did I miss a bunch? Yesterday, 228 area code. Hey, guys, it's Rick again. Um, just want to say thanks for the podcast. It's uh, great to hear. Um, I'm actually headed to the field to go flying today. Hope you all get to go fly soon. Thanks a lot. Bye. Awesome. A okay. real human being. Thanks, Rick. A nice. real human being. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, thanks, Rick. Awesome. <laughs> and that's it for the Listener Pipeline. Okay. Uh, that's enough. Damn it, how many hands tall that's is enough. she? <laughs> how many hands tall after he badmouthed the whole South? I know. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> what was wrong with the Deep South? I mean. I don't know if uh, they don't like women. Uh, mm. With mustaches, uh, or I don't know, with muscles, hairy chest. <laughs> I guess it's time to wrap it up. It's time. Okay, Facebook likes. We have no new likes. Wow. Yeah, so we're holding steady at thirteen ten. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. What do we have for Facebook comments? Facebook comments on last week's episode two twenty nine. The spy who swagged me. We had uh, quite a few comments on yeah. Facebook. Uh-huh. Yusef Perigali said, hey, George, when you mentioned Len Mount, I remember that he used to fly at our field in England. The club was called Einsford Helicopter Club, and he was a great pilot. He always flew the latest models, uh, XL60. He was our local celebrity, and he used to compete in the USA, too. I saw his workshop at his home where he was making... The frames for the Apache, the Cobra Helis, and was very impressed. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he really, even to this day, you know, I hear he's not real good health now, but, you know, he's pretty much a celebrity. And uh, I hear there's some, I forget his name now, that has the rights to his moles and all that stuff. And they, they say it's hard to get him to make anything from them. But, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> I think I may have said it before, but I heard that he he uh, lived in government housing over there in apartments, and they had a three room apartment. And him and his wife built those things and shipped them out, wow. built crates and everything, really? and shipped them out uh, all over the world. Wow! You know, and it's it's funny you still see them. Um, I had a guy contact me the other day on Facebook. He's building one that he's had stashed back for about ten years. This one I've got is even older than that. It's probably 15 years old. And, um, yeah, it's funny. It, it's If you look at it and you try to line it up and look straight down, you, you might not want to. But if you look at one side and you look at the other side, it's it's just unbelievable how, how scale he got it looking for what they had to work with. Nice. 
And also on that episode, uh, Michael Rosnick said, another great episode, guys. In the beginning, you had asked about the reasons for the Cascade Tail on the real AH6. There are a few main reasons that this setup is used. The offset tails are more quiet than conventional multi-blades on the tail since they aren't flying in the wake of all the other blades. This also makes it more efficient. It also allows for companies that already make two-blade tail rotors to reuse their existing blades and tail hubs to reduce the number of new parts needed. And uh, Steve commented, thanks for the info. That makes sense. Cascade tail looks so cool. It does. Thanks, Michael. Michael would know. Yeah, Yeah. Uh he's a hilly guy. And we got another comment uh, from Jamie Burkholder. said, another good episode. Thank you for keeping me engaged in the hobby when I am too busy to get out to the flying field. Thanks, Jamie. Michael Shaggy Parker said, you thought Steve Yoon pissed me off? Damn it, Steve, all caps. Damn it, Steve, why did you talk about that thing that turned into that thing and the thing that irritated the thing and Uh putting the thing into the bread and the pudding? Because that's what I do. (laughs) Uh, Nah, the annoying Kevin McGrady called me begging to talk. Oh, that's what happened that night. Uh, So I I sighed and answered, (laughs) or maybe he saved me from torturing the Free Fall crew. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, maybe. And Andy commented, Mike, Michael Shaggy Parker, it's just so, it's just the go-to reason if anyone leaves for any reason. We just assume Steve pissed them off. Look at that Senate structure. That's a good one. Uh Very good. And David Hill also commented on that post. uh, Swag, S-W-A-G, stands for stuff we all get. And I looked it up. He's 100% correct. That's where it came from. Yeah. Ah. Originally from the dot-com boom, I guess, in the 90s, where the companies uh-huh. were making millions over upon millions, and they started giving, giving employees and clients and everybody yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Stuff we all get. Which yeah. then, in, in turn, uh, the dot-com boom started the dot-com bubble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it burst soon yeah. after that. Mike Shaggy Parker, of course, can't leave just one comment. He had to comment again and say, to be honest, after flying with Robert Monty for most of my RC heli life, I've gotten more of a stone emotion. It's very hard to piss me off. Uh, I'm worried about annoying the shit out of everyone else. So the real question is if I'm pissing you guys off. And nobody replied to that. Just Almost a always. A couple thumbs up. Almost always. No. Uh, <laughs> And Chris Breams posted, oh, my God, when Kevin played the Dueling Banjos at the end of it, uh-huh. of the episode, I about lost it. That was some that was funny some, shit right there. That was some funny shit. Uh-huh. Oh, it man. really was. What was that song? that the Oh, the Apples and Bananas. Apples he, and Bananas, yeah. When I played that at the end of one of the episodes, Chris commented, I think it was Chris, <laughs> that it was funny as shit, too. Yeah. Yeah, because I played that real weird version. Oh, man. And that's all uh, the comments I saw from last week. So thanks, guys. I'm trying to look at visitor posts, but it's not working. Okay. Okay, we got some stuff. Yeah, Chris Reiber posted. He said, not RC, but too good not to share. His wife's amazing. Uh, Yeah, Nicole, uh, his wife, surprised Chris with his dream car, which is... uh, a, is it a C5? C5 Corvette? 
So yes. awesome. I don't know my Corvettes. Yeah. Five coupe. Anything but a C4 is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So awesome. Congrats. Yeah. Congratulations, Chris. Yeah. Dude, I'm, I don't know if you guys saw the video. It's it's it's. I saw it's the like, video. Yeah. The, 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 like you see, like Chris, just like, huh? And then he starts shaking, like of excitement, and you know that's crazy. So yeah, good for him, man. That's well deserved. Cool. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, what's next? People of Podbean. People of Podbean. We had a few things go on. S. Larson, Heli Fun, A. 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 And Gray <laughs> Eagle Jr. all liked episode 229, The Spy Who Swagged Me. Oh. So thanks, guys. Thanks for liking it. So, sounds like you need to read that differently, Kevin. What's that? A-A-A-A. <laughs> How's that done again? You heard me. A-A-A-A. Yeah, that, that third A, huh? There's yeah. a reflection on the third A. No, dude, that's like, what's his name from What's Happening when he used to walk yeah. in? Just go, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Dwayne. Cool. All right, so what's next, man? Yeah, let's do Podbean comments, huh? Let's do it. We have two from our good friend, Great Eagle Jr. Both comments were one day ago, and one comment is commenting off the second comment. So <laughs> let's start off. Trice beginning. Once upon dime time lime no crime slimes <laughs> of the sticky slick succulent uh, growing out and then eight ball cornerback pokey mustard. Yes, new Discord. What okay. The hell? And then that he responds to that saying, "My giving a verbal swag." Yes. Cool. There you go. Stuff we all get. Dude, I like that once upon a dime time no live no cry slides. <laughs> that was cool. That's awesome. Look at our slim shady over here. All right. So what do we got for iTunes reviews? We did get an iTunes <gasps> review. Oh no shit. Yes. Really? Yep. Wait, wait, did Hell Freeze over? What? No. Oh no, no, no. I'm still, I gotta sit down. I'm still hot in here. I'm gonna have to sit down. All right, sit down, George. Hold on. Okay. I'm I'm sitting down. I might have to stand up. (laughs) Go ahead and read it. Okay. It's from David Schneider, 87. It's entitled, I Don't Even RC. Whoa. (laughs) And he writes, sometimes I listen to the show. I don't know why, but I do. I don't even fly RC helicopters or planes, boats, (laughs) cars, tanks, or even blimps. I fly high-powered rockets. I'm not sure what. That says about the show or about me. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but in all seriousness, you always make me laugh. Thanks for being a beacon of light while we are all getting through this together. <laughs> no, I didn't even have this, Kevin. <laughs> dot, 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 Kevin. Yeah, <laughs> nice. That's uh, the greatest. Keep it up. And that was it. The end. Five stars. Thank awesome. you very much. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So drop us an iTunes review. We'll read the review on the next episode. Email us at freefrc at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash freefrc podcast. Check out our webpage, freefrcpodcast.show. Dot show. Dan and Chris. 
Hey, Chris. Uh, flight Test Forums, off the field, audio and video production, other than Flight Test Podcast, Free Farsi Podcast. Say hi to David Hill, a.k.a. Hill the Flyer. Hey, Dave. Hey, David Hill. Okay, fellow podcasters. Oh, geez, what do we have we here? Now I have to start thinking. Mm-hmm. The Heli Heads Podcast. Heli Heads. That's Kevin, Mike, Scott, and Dan. Okay, we got the Skids Up Podcast. Skids Up. That's Frank, Paul, Javier, sometimes Scott, and sometimes three out of Javier. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes you hear Javier. Sometimes you don't. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where you're going with that either. Okay, we got the BKRC podcast. That's Bert and Kyle. Yeah, we got Amy. Remember? Uh, RC After Hours. That's with Fitz, Terry, and Lee. I see what you're RC doing RC After Hours. You're, you're trying to throw I me. I think and you I just did. did. I did. No. RC After Hours. That's with, you know um, what? <laughs> that's with Andre. Nobody told Matt me when we started it. this podcast that I would have to start thinking. <laughs> Matt, no, Matt Reddick threw him off. Huh? Matt Reddick. Yeah. Who? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got Telerotor Podcast. Telerotor is two mics, a Robert and a Rich. Okay, we got Inverted Down Under. That's with Jeff and Ozzy Mozzy. Hooligan RC? Heli? Podcast? Hooligan <laughs> RC Heli Podcast. That used to be with Ed Johnson. And uh and who's that other guy? Walt? <laughs> Wasn't that Hooligans? RC Heli no, Houdini. Houdini R. C. Heli podcast. Oh, I said. You have to enunciate hooligan. You said oh, hooligans. I did say hooligan. Sorry. Hooligans. Yoder. Okay. Yoder. <laughs> Houdini. Okay. Houdini yeah, is with Rich Houdini. Yeah. I'm too tired. Uh let's see. What, did I miss any? And oh, round table? Jimmy Jones. Jimmy Jones. <laughs> I haven't heard that name in a while. Uh, that's that's what Fitz Terry and Lee. Mm-hmm. And I love and, Fitz. Uh, I love Fitz's uh, YouTube channel, man. It's awesome. Yeah, he got a great YouTube channel. Yeah. High Voltage. With Bobby Watts. Uh, let's see. That's, Park Flyer Podcast. That's with like four mics. Yeah, I don't know. From, from like Alaska or something? I don't know. Yeah, remember. four mics. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yes, one was in Texas. I think that's all of them. I'm highlighting the ones I did. Okay. Yep. And the guy I wish who was in Texas. Bill <laughs> Who's that? YouTube. All right. He might awesome. get some. He might get some education down in Texas. Oh boy. All yeah. right. Thanks for. <laughs> thanks for our listeners. <laughs> you got more to say about Bill? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of open spaces in Texas. He won't have to worry about COVID. He can just stand outside in an open space. Let the wind come sweeping down the plane. Yep. I just, I just mm. noticed how in the planker segment that uh, I see you P O sounded an awful lot like Bill's mom. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I think I shot Bill in the episode. I don't know. Yeah, but I think you missed because it was dark. Yeah, I don't know who shot first either. Must be a stormtrooper. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're on solo, so then make Bill Greedo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, shit. 
<laughs> All right. On that note, thanks to our listeners for your time, and we will see you next time. See ya. Bye. You know, I do call him a lizard person. I was going to say, you yeah. said he's got lizard DNA in him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it all makes sense. It all, it's all coming together. Oh, boy. Goodbye. Change your channel. <laughs>
What is that? Nice. And he was like, fuck it! I do that maneuver every time and fucking I was like, oh, dude, calm down, man. <laughs> like, it's a hobby. Don't take it so seriously. Don't, don't put this in the bloopers. Uh, yeah, no, no, don't put this. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Everybody <laughs> quiet. I'm going to put this in the bloopers.